What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dogs Football Podcast, coming to you on August 23rd, this Wednesday, because we wanted to talk about the secret scrimmage that was on August 18th, something we didn't even know about until the day of. That is why we're coming to you guys today. I'm Nick Malone, joined by Noah Lurch. And Noah, we told them that we were going to have just be ready for the Austin P preview and be there for that. That was about two weeks after our season preview, so... We knew it was a little bit of time and a lot of stuff could take place in between. We had to come to everybody about this because, Noah, a scrimmage, we could see a lot of things. And there's definitely something that just caught us way off guard that's going to impact this season that we had to talk about. it, And obviously some specifics and some other little things. We also got a new commit. But, Noah, this scrimmage was pretty – told us a lot. And like I said, a new addition we didn't think we'd have, but a lot of other things. So we're trying to make it short and sweet or shorter than usual. What's going on? Yeah, definitely um, ex- appreciate the dog pound tweeting that out because um, didn't see any students there, but or seen saw some softball and players and stuff like that. But uh, um, definitely appreciate them letting everybody know that that was happening, and obviously there was a lot of parents there that they knew that it was happening. It was just good to see that we got to see what kind of was lining up. Obviously, a lot of the some of the star players didn't didn't perform or didn't play just because of obviously injury risk, but got to see a lot of guys, got to see a lot of young guys and see what kind of depth on this team we have. Yeah. That's the biggest thing is depth and young players getting to play and stuff like this. Cause you really shouldn't play. We saw a lot of star players play a lot, but you're right. Not a whole lot of others played really at all. So we'll, we'll, we'll mention those who didn't play, but we'll get to the other big stuff and, We'll get to the scrimmage at some point. We did want to talk about all the other stuff before, before we dive into all that. Just some stuff, what's going on. We know PJ today, officially Senior Bowl watch list. Good for him. Uh, Nick Hill went around campus the other day for the first day of school. He always drives students around. That was cool to see some stuff with the current. Some stuff that's happened recent. And they posted about defensive backs today, which is why we wanted to hold off. See if we could get any more tidbits out of it. We didn't. But here we are. No, let's kick off with the news we got last Thursday. It was a guy that I remember seeing on Twitter and didn't know how much we were in on him. He didn't follow us back, wasn't 100% sure, and he posted a 5 o'clock tweet. You know, I kind of just scroll past my thing, not even thinking we had a chance for him, no, but you texted me. Denim Mitchell, defensive back, added to the 2024 class. Seems to be a good one. We'll dive into him a little bit because he is, you know, we talk about, you know, offensive linemen, quarterbacks, and other, you know, defensive linemen commits. This is our probably our first defensive back addition, though, and he's a good one. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is a kid down in down in Mississippi where it seems like we've been hitting those lower states more more and more. Um, you're seeing, obviously, Kentucky, Louisville is a big target area, but last year we got Georgia and Alabama. Um, a couple of years ago it was St. Louis. So just going to get a kid down in down in Mississippi um, at a Madison Central High School, um, a six foot corner. Where if you look at our corners here recently, we've Obviously, had some really good players come through this program at corner, and now um, adding the young talent of obviously two years ago Charles Young and last year with Jameer Kong, we're getting some really good corners and really good players um, in that position room. And obviously, Terry Hawthorne and whoever's recruiting that area has done a really good job. But adding some young corner death, obviously, to next year's room with for Terry's room is really cool. Yeah, Terry's done a great job, and we'll get to Jameer Khan. He, he's looking like the real deal, and we knew that when we got him. So you had a guy like this next to him. Uh, you're right, you know, and 
guys can we, – we see position changes all the time or corners or safeties, whatever Denim ends up being. He did tag Terry, will be a corner, and we can bank on him being a legit prospect for us over time and expecting to have a really good season. If you go to his Twitter, we retweeted it, but he's got his highlights from his junior season. They're really good. So we expect big things out of him this year. Kudos to Terry for doing that. He adds – or Denim is added to a pretty long 2024 class that we'll get into on the next pod – Whenever we kind of start up, obviously, with their games leading up to their season, along with SIUs as well. We'll try to have all that on the next one. So welcome, Denim Mitchell, to the program. Uh, Noah, before we get into the scrimmage again, I just want to run through some other stuff. Through here, some quick FCS, Missouri Valley stuff. It's on WSIL because uh, uh, Jason Siegel went to SEMO and covered them a little bit. And he said Paxton DeLorean has been dealing with a shoulder injury and hasn't been in scrimmages all, all summer so far. But they said he, they expect him to be ready for week one. As we know, Simo picked 11th in the country, so that's a notable. Paxton's really, really good. Uh, and he'll obviously be ready. Hopefully, who knows what they'll be by week three. We'll see them by that point. That's notable. We said on the last one, it brought to our attention from a, a fan who commented on our season preview, and we knew it even after we finished it. Kind of had a feeling about the case. We mentioned Jason Shelley and Julio McLaughlin. They were both... Neither both of their respective schools anymore. Jason Shelley, not sure where he's at. No, if you even have any idea where he's at, I didn't really look into it. But Jason Shelley's not at Missouri State. You can also dive. Missouri State has a lot of good transfers coming in. So they'll be interesting uh, with a whole new slate of people. And then Jaleel McLaughlin wasn't sure. And we knew he was a senior last year. Just, you know, COVID seasons, you never knew if he would finish out his career, let alone he's on the Denver Broncos and he scored three touchdowns in two preseason games the first two weeks. And he scored two this past week. So as soon as we talked about him, I got on Twitter like later that night or the next day and he was scoring. So, uh, you know, in, in a way, we'll get to that game at some point. Kind of like our chances more. We know they're good. But if he was back, we would have hated our chances. But uh, he's scoring in the NFL. And that's crazy. Didn't think he honestly would. So good luck to Jaleel. Noah, some separate things here. A familiar name we've known about. And he was just on some some small list. Um about uh, the athletic had Bruce Feldman had a top 100 college football freaks list. Jaquan Burton, uh, as we know, we had him as a true freshman. There were some plays you sent me, the big play that we knew about from that season. Next thing you know, he was out the door. I know he's had an awesome career. Dive into obviously that list and how surprising that is, knowing how he's still in college, he's still great. We missed out on him. And I mentioned a few, because we did talk about Missouri State and what they're having next year. And then no other former alumni is now a new coach at a, it is as a, a school in his uh, state, in his home state. Yeah, definitely not not really surprised seeing Jaquan on a, a freak list because we know. Just remember getting him out of the out of down in Florida as a freshman and him coming here and knew and the the skill set he had and what he could bring to this team if he stayed here. And it's just crazy to see what he's had. He re, like you said, the one big play returning that that was a down year for us, but he returned that opening kickoff against North Dakota State as a true freshman. Took it back to the house. Um, just incredible him going to, I think it went to Iowa Western Community College, and uh, then he bet on himself going back home and walked on at FAU, and now here he is having what we thought he, he could have here is just an incredible career now, probably putting himself on a map of potentially being the NFL guy next year. Yeah, and I saw P.J. Jules on that list. I'm blanking on what number he was, but I think he was in the 80s, but he was on there. I mentioned a former alumni Ralph Leonard, new wide receiver coach at East Mississippi Community College. Good for Ralph. We know he was here for a season. He's been bouncing around different leagues over the course or since he's left 
uh, SIU. So good to know that he's back in his home state being a coach at a community college. Good for Ralph. Uh, quickly, the preseason from this past week, uh, Jeremy Chin had one tackle for loss in his game. Ryan Neal didn't have anything. Craig James, three total tackles, two solo tackles himself, one quarterback hurry or hit. Uh, and Luke Martin had a post about Ryan and Craig linking up after the game, which was really cool. Uh, didn't see Mike Cole anything with him. And then Madre Harper had one tackle for loss for the Steelers. So we'll keep updating that over, over the time. If a lot of these guys make the 53 man, most of them should. I don't know if Craig will or Madre will. We know the other guys should. Uh, so we'll keep an eye on that for that. So wanted to get through all that stuff before. Now no end of this August 18th scrimmage. Like I said, I think we'll label this a secret scrimmage because, yeah, nobody else posted about it but the dog pound. You're right. We did see family. We knew we'd see probably family there and that we did. Some fans and us included. Uh, but I keep saying but before we move on to here. But no, there is a name that we didn't see at this scrimmage that we had hopes for this season of being a really good depth piece. He has the last couple of years. You literally told me the other day we were talking haven't seen Adam Hundemir on the roster. He's not on there, and he wasn't there. No, that's shocking because I don't know how it took us this song to notice, but like I said, he's an important depth piece that we are going to have this year. Yeah, it's really a guy that's – he worked for everything he got, and he just came into this program, and he became a really nice piece and just played his ass off every time he got out on the field and was really quality depth for this D-line that backed up Jordan Burner and all the guys we've had before. He was behind Richie last year. A guy that could play inside, outside. So it just – obviously it's crazy not – us just now realizing it and sitting there and it takes us to be able to finally get some time to go over there and see this team in person be able to realize some of this stuff we've seen. And it's just funny because, yeah, we both had him on our respective depth charts and we probably talked about him on the last one and then realizing he's not even there, we just breezed through him. He's one of those definites we thought. He's not on here. No telling where he's at. We might look him up over time just to see, but – he had eligibility, so we're not sure, but it's it, he's probably the one notable because we had some a couple episodes ago that weren't on the team that we didn't notice, but he's the biggest one. So that's unfortunate. Good luck to Adam. And then Noah, I mean, before we dive into other stuff here, we just had and we have to kick off with this. This is the big reason why we wanted to talk about it, let alone the, everything with the scrimmage. Uh, it's the biggest thing on here, and we'll try to dive through everything else relatively quickly. But Noah, we've been seeing, we knew that David Miller is not playing this season. He was number three. And we've been seeing a number three defensive player on scrimmages for at least a couple weeks now and having no idea who it was. And, you know, we're at the scrimmage. We see him. They split up both sides. And at some point, it's probably halfway through the scrimmage. We hear he made a tackle. And I, and I said, OK, we'll hear his name here after the tackle. I mean, no, I'll let you say the name. And we kind of said on our thing, we didn't say a former All-American on our team, but it's a name people would know. And no, we couldn't be any more blown away and surprised at who this is because we're trying to narrow down all this transfer rules and who's eligible. No, this name just caught us by ultimate surprise. Yeah, and we if it was just a regular normal practice scrimmage and Steve Fallot wasn't up and doing his practice and his, his, his job that we probably would never know. And it's James Caesar, a, a former – a former guy that fit, thought we thought he finished career, according to the website, he finished his career ranked fourth at SIU in career pass breakups. I mean, he was a first-team All-American in 2020 in the COVID year, first-team All-Missouri Valley, led the nation and set a school record with 14 pass breakups. I mean, had a season-high 11 tackles against southeastern Louisiana, including a half sack. I mean, 
This is a guy where he started his career here, went to Ferris State, then came back and became an All-American in his senior year. Obviously, he started the first two games before getting a, uh, a shoulder or a, an elbow injury against Kansas State. And that's the last we really saw of him. Obviously, we saw him the rest of that year kind of on the, in a sling on the sidelines. But, man, I mean, this isn't a crazy addition, obviously. Um I reached out to someone close to the team just to confirm it because it's something that's just hard to believe. But obviously we've seen the karaoke video and him singing karaoke. So we definitely know it's him. And it's, it's definitely one of those things where um, we're waiting probably on the NCAA to get a waiver. So it has to be one of those kind of things, but this is a guy that he's, he's starting caliber and it's incredible to have him on the other side of DJ Johnson if he gets potential eligibility from NCAA. But knowing NCAA, we have no idea what's going to happen. Yeah, I, I, we were honestly blown away because as soon as we heard him tackle, and I told you this because we were he was on our sideline, and couldn't really tell. We know James used to wear the headband, and he wore his headband here, and I wasn't sure. And there was a part of me that said, that looks like James Caesar, but I wasn't ever going to think it was him. There was no way in my mind that he could have because we went through it. I mean, he started his career in 2016. He'd be the ultimate of a seventh-year guy. We know he's had medical red shirts in his career. We know he's had – I mean, like I said, he got hurt second game of the year Kansas State. We didn't see him again, whether that even uh, was a thing. And you did hear that, yeah, I mean, he's waiting to get that, and he's expected to be cornerback too, and that's what we – we're assuming because like, well, David would have been that. Oh, is it going to be Mark Davis? And that's what we were going to end up saying on this if we didn't know this. Mark Davis was taking cornerback two reps for most of the time until we saw James, you know, work his way in there. And it's just huge because you get a veteran, whether he's the same player he was three years ago when he was an All-American. No, no telling what he's been doing the last two seasons since he's been, quote-unquote, gone. And, I mean, and they just gave him a call and said, hey, and you're, you're going to let you wear David Miller's number? I mean – we were thinking at first there's no way they're going to let him practice because you were mentioned before, and it's the case, infractions. You can't allow people who really aren't on the team to suit up and practice. It's not – so they're just like, okay, well, they wouldn't risk doing that. So we, we just didn't know. And it, it's crazy that, you know, at a position where we talked about in the last one could be maybe was our weakest link on the team has a guy that you can hopefully count on, no matter if he's 25 years old or not, to, you know, come in here and be a – you know, a sounding board and a consistent guy for us. So you have to rely on Mark Davis and have Jameer Khan take snaps and have, uh, you know, Drake Johnson, who really hasn't came along to our knowledge to this point. It, it was a worry. So having James back just blows us away. And it's nothing's confirmed yet. They posted about defensive backs today. They definitely were not going to post about James. We were going to reach out to other people as well. But we'll see along the same time as Noah Finsky gets his waiver, potentially we'll know about James. But your source seemed pretty confident that. James will be able to come this season, which will be crazy. And we'll, we'll know what the two deep if we see James on there clearly by next Friday when we talk about it. So this was the main thing here, James Caesar being back, and it just changes everything in that secondary. And we'll get into what the first-team defense looked like, and it looks pretty good over time here. If we add him, that'd be pretty crazy. So definitely the most notable thing to take away from this scrimmage. But some other things, Noah, that's transpired here when we got there. We noticed who was on crutches sitting on the – on the Gator that they had there, and it was Cam White. We know freshman, true freshman wide receiver, which we knew probably was going to have a redshirt year no matter what. Uh, and he didn't. It looked like a fresh injury. You know, it wasn't something that happened 
too long ago. He didn't really have a brace or anything on his crutches, but he was sitting in that pretty much the whole time. Uh, so hopefully Cam gets better and whatever injury it is that he rehabs a lot this season, learns a lot, and we'll get to see him on the field maybe next year. So that was notable of injuries. One of the first things we noticed. Uh, when we got there, we saw the team walking out back to the locker room before they came back on the field for the scrimmage. And we noticed, Noah, that Deontay, Vincent Davis, PJ, and Jalen Benefield were doing drill work on the field. Uh, and, you know, we didn't see Isaiah, which is the next thing here. We, he was in street clothes almost the entire time. And they know they're not going to risk him on anything like that. We, we've been saying he's in, he's in the drills. He's doing stuff. He's wearing the orange jersey. He's non-contact. It's like, I wonder if he's really going to be good to go. There were videos about people still still mentioning his name like he's going to be his himself. So we're thinking that'll still be the case. But I uh, know it's interesting how we saw Jalen Benefield doing those drills, but we didn't see him again. I think that makes us think that he's an important piece this year. Uh, and there's some other things on here, obviously, you know, and you see it too. You can mention like, well, we sell Vincent Davis and special teams like we'd assume, but didn't see him in anything else. And obviously we didn't see Deontay anymore, but no, those seem like four primed important guys. Like I said, Jalen Benefield, maybe they have high hopes for him. They don't want to risk him in the scrimmage to get hurt maybe or something. Yeah. Definitely think that with taking all these precautions with some of these guys, I mean, I, like you mentioned a little bit, Isaiah, some days and pictures of practice, obviously non-contact jerseys. And there was a, there's one picture out there, um, that's recent. He has a big old brace on his left leg, kind of like the one we talked about Xavier Johnson for basketball having on um, at the open house. It's just, it's crazy. Hopefully, maybe they're just babying him and trying to make sure he's full go before releasing him and letting him do everything. But um, definitely seeing the Vincent and and, and Jalen back on the, they did a, a quote unquote opening kickoff for the scrimmage. Those were the two guys back, but then on punts, obviously seeing Vincent and it was Jalen Reed who is going to have a big part of special teams, I'm sure. Yeah, there we've been doing our tweets about how many days before and people's numbers, and I missed it the other day for Branson and Jalen Reed because we had a tweet on Jalen Reed that he's going to be a big part this year, and we didn't we weren't really expecting it. We've been talking about him a little bit, fifth string running back potentially, but no, we saw him in certain sets. It's like, man, if you just if you allow, you know, everything else to like get out of the way and you just have Jalen underneath or you said bubble screens, we use Jalen Reed in those kind of sets. He's going to have a lot of yards and definitely a lot of yak and a lot of different things. The gadget five, seven, one sixty that we're going to see on offense, let alone on punts. And yeah, Vincent and Jalen Reed on punts and yeah, Justin strong off injuries are trusting him on kickoffs. It looks like, and definitely we know Vincent, like we said, it's going to be on both uh, definitely notable. And, you know, like I said, Jalen Benefield, they're looking at, they've been having him on other scrimmages playing. So we'll see him at some point. But um, you're right. And Isaiah, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see Isaiah on the 2D for at least, I don't know, I just wouldn't be surprised because we've we've seen all that stuff happen before and we're barely seeing him. You're right. I think they're holding off on him until it really matters. But we'll see. But keep an eye out for that. Noah, special teams groups that we've been seeing. Uh, it's a lot of guys we think we're going to be able to trust a lot this year. We've noticed – the first guys to get special teams ops on coverage and some gunners that we've been seeing. Uh, Dayton Mitchell was on there. Cade Stevenson, who I think we're going to count on him a lot. He's not going to miss a whole lot of tackles on anything. He made some sharp plays, excuse me, in the scrimmage. Mark Davis, we said, oh, why is cornerback two on special teams? He might not very well be, obviously, with James. So Mark Davis was there. Barola, obviously, can trust him. Ben Bogle was a name that we know that Nick Hill likes, and he – in his interview after the fact, talked about Ben Bogle and 
he praised him on, you know, they're starting to challenge him this year. They said, well, he's got the talent down and everything, but they're starting to trust him more with responsibilities needed uh, to be a linebacker, a down linebacker, and they like him a lot. So trust him on special teams and when he gets in on defense. We know Dre Newman was out there, and he was. Jeffrey Wells, of course, and Jameer Khan. Uh, he was on the first team special. And, no, we saw him a lot on defense a little bit, but definitely on special teams, on Gunner. He he seems like the most primed, uh, one of the most primed true freshmen to play this year, really for special team reasons. No, he might go above the four games. I'm not sure how they're going to do it. This is just a scrimmage. They're going to get guys in there. But, no, Jameer seemed like a guy you could trust. And then after this, you can dive into the different offensive line combinations we saw the other day. Yeah, definitely think Jameer is going to be one of those guys that, um, finds his role in special teams, and he's just going to be so valuable. You're going to have to non-redshirt him, and um, if he's developing along the season and with that early buy, say we get banged up late in the year, I think potentially maybe see some corner corners corner reps. I mean, we don't know. It's a long season, and yeah, we saw a lot of different a lot of different combinations. I talked about last podcast how it could be. I think Nick Hill says eight or nine guys, but I think it could be even more than that. But hearing him afterwards saying that this is probably one of the first times since he's been there that they're going in and saying there's five or six guys that they got to choose from. Are these the guys that they want to go with? Obviously, and one of them we're still waiting on Noah Finsky's waiver, what happens there. But um, he started at left tackle. We did did see a little bit of uh, when he he moved around a little bit. Uh, we went six off of, six offense linemen inside the ten yard line, and he was that extra guy came in as eligible and uh, moved around the left side, right side. And Abdul Torre came to the right tackle when that happened, but it was Jake Green at right tackle. Derek Harden was at left guard. Um, then at right guard, obviously we saw Chase Evans and Jacob Coffle at center. Then we saw a lot of different combinations from there of John Nally, backup center. He got banged up, did return in the scrimmage later on. Um, saw Marcelo a little bit. Um, we got to see uh, Jimmy Lansing at right tackle, like what I saw from him a little bit. Um, Colin Smith at left tackle. And uh, Jackson Saley's is in there as well. So got a lot of see different combinations. I'm sure we're going to see in different drives this year, different combinations. If, um, But – Starting on line, if if we get Noah's waiver, that is going to be really good. And I could see where, just from a little bit of what I saw, I could see where Justin Strong was talking about how much that offense, that first offense line are opening up holes because there were some holes when that group was in there. Yeah, true. We were also noticing there weren't a lot of holes, and they were running the ball a lot at the start, really on the goal line, and Justin got those opportunities first to score touchdowns. And it took him a little bit. The defense was really good. But there weren't really those holes, but you're right. There were some, and some guys, and Romier got in there, got some holes, and that was the next thing on here was running the ball a lot, obviously. Until near the end of the scrimmage, they got into, like, their two-minute, and they were using their timeouts and doing the whole uh, contentious stuff, as we'd expect for offense and defense. They ended up changing sides by the end of it. But uh, you're right, we did see Austin Friday come in as a true freshman uh, in some parts and you meant yeah five or six linemen we had in the game at some point so we could see that with the eligible uh, and we mentioned on the other one because I said it was Bo Brain and I went back and listened to one of our things of the play they used last year was to Jake Green as they uh, try to throw it to him on that trick play we mentioned but did see Jake Green inside a little bit I mean there's so many I mean and they mentioned they're talking about offensive line tomorrow so we'll have more stuff on them maybe uh, you know on the Austin P preview but 
we've known it's an interesting thing. And you mentioned Derek Harden. Could very well see him starting at left guard this year. I mean, there we mentioned everyone else, and we've we have talked about Derek, but we've seen a lot of him lately. And seeing him, you know, with some of the first team members on that, I do think we can trust him. And he's healthy. He's been hurt his whole career, it seems like. So that was the thing with the offensive line. We mentioned they run the ball a little bit. Uh, Sean Lester was having trouble finding those holes and getting through anything. He was getting stopped a lot. Uh, no, let's look to the other side now. We, we love how our first-team defense is looking, but we noticed how we might go a little bit different with how our true defensive line is going and no other three veterans that I think we'll be able to trust a lot this year. One of them might have something at, by the end of this, and we'll try to predict uh, what stats could be in a guy who could lead us in sacks. But no, the, the three down linemen we saw of those veterans could give us a lot more different options uh, and the linebackers and how we do it in the in the secondary. You noticed a lot of that about what they could do because we haven't seen anything before. But Noah Cam Badry, Tim Bargett, Devin Cowan, as those three down linemen leading the way, I think we'll be in decent shape. Yeah, definitely. I, I think with uh, obviously a, a DC change this this close to the season, maybe this is the way they were doing it, or maybe this is Coach James. Just how kind of Dune Smith talked about and mixing mixing some things up and letting them play a little bit freely, but. Going to a 3-4, and sometimes we saw a 4-3. Sometimes I saw a 3-3-5. I mean, there was a lot of multiple defenses defenses that we saw, and I like what I saw. Obviously, that first group at the D-line, then at the linebacker level during a 3-4, it was, it was, it was Zach Barola, Branson Combs, Colin Bohannock, obviously the Eastern Illinois transfer that's going to be huge for this team. And uh, Dune Smith was out on in coverage kind of. And you got to saw the DBs, I mean – Obviously, PJ didn't play a lot. Um, Iverson played a little bit, but and uh, Abud Abud Steed didn't play at all. So maybe that's a maybe they're saving him as well defensively. So got to saw a lot of depth guys make some plays, and it was cool to see the different defenses and mixing things up. Um, and they were just flying around. It was great to see. Yeah, and we're thinking that a lot of those names and Branson Combs played a lot. Barola played a lot, as you said. We didn't see him. We kind of we're saying because obviously this means Dante Cleveland's probably not going to be a starter. He'll be in the second teamers and with the likes, because we saw Lewis Wilbert wasn't really playing with much of the ones he was in the backup role a lot. We saw, we did see Dewey green. He got banged up. It was fine. He didn't really play the rest of the time. Um, Dante did speak after the fact, but again, he didn't play PJ did barely play. Um, and then you mentioned, yeah, I mean, if we can trust those first three guys and then you have, all those linebackers. I mean, that's five good linebackers. And we mentioned Ben Bogle. Nick Hill said he's going to play a lot. So that'll open a lot of gaps for the linebackers to find their roles and find the, you know, stop the gaps that those other guys can't. But we saw Cam and Devin Cowan talking a lot throughout the scrimmage. Like, I think their chemistry is really, really good. We saw Varga doing the same thing. Uh, it's just those those veterans that just know what it takes. And they're, they're talking a lot amongst each other. And I think they obviously know, you know, what they're going to be this year for us and starters and, we saw a lot of all, a lot of those first team guys, and it's going to be good. PJ Iverson, James Caesar, DJ Johnson was making plays still, and those linebackers and front guys. Uh, I think we're we're I think we'll look pretty good on our uh, on our two uh, our two deep predictions that we had last week for uh, next Friday. By that time, we'll and early next week we'll know. And I think we're we'll be pretty exact on that. Uh, Dallas Brown, the f- freshman safety that we saw, he got carried off and remained on the bench with his stuff off. Uh, people were just going over talking to him. Hopefully it's okay. We know he's a true freshman. Could have gotten special teams. We don't know what his injury is, but he did carry it off. 
No, we didn't see Jake Perella out there. We didn't see Brian Brown. Didn't see Charles Young or Mark Melton, the freshman uh, running back. I think I saw Miles Marshall at the end just in the huddle, but he obviously didn't play. And we didn't see Max Bremer out there. We did see Joe Brim-Levy. We did see um, uh, we hear, heard Logan Minton's name once, and that's the way we know it. Uh, the freshman that played, diving it to Allen Middleton. We saw him play a lot, and he was incredible. I mean, you know, he – well, you'll dive into the plays he had. He scored, and then he had a big play downfield, and he got a lot of snaps. You know, he was – him and Jameer were arguably the most – impressive out of all these guys and the list is here a lot of these guys played if you want to dive into it uh and we saw alan and jameer at the end just talking to each other and i got a picture of it saying that's the future on both sides but no, a lot of freshmen played and a lot of them played pretty well yeah alan middleton was really good in this one i mean obviously with the top receivers the top four receivers not playing he's gonna get some snaps and hopefully that's the way it's been in practice because obviously this was a high, highly recruited guy a three-star had looks from missouri and illinois and stuff like that so um, get be able to steal this guy out of our backyard, keep him here from those schools like that, and showing interest in him. Really cool. Then, yeah, seeing some of those other freshmen, Jawan Mathis and Carmelo Smith, and all those guys that Miles Wash a little bit on defense and some special team stuff. It's gonna be really, really cool to see what happens with these freshmen. Obviously, tracking, uh, we'll do our best try to track their four games or whatever, and see what they're at and see if they burn their red shirt or not. But it's going to be exciting seeing Logan Mint a little bit and those guys. But, yeah, Alan Middleton made a really good play in the end zone. Hunter Simmons found him, threw a dot to him, and threw a couple other dots to him. So he was really good in this one. I really liked what I saw. Allen, he was running against the the ones kind of. It was, it was Mark Davis and those guys, and Jeff Wells was out there at the safety spot. He, I heard him after the – we were walking back to my truck, and I just – they were walking back, and I heard Jeff say something to Allen about, I should have picked that one off. But – it was a tightly squeezed ball and great ball by Hunter, but it was a great play by Allen to keep that one and get a touchdown. Yeah, he got hit on that play too when he caught it, and he had a, a big play down the sidelines, like we said. So his future is so bright. We could see him. We saw a lot of Cal Weideman, which is a guy we've been talking about. You know, we saw him in Dayton, and we saw Jay Jones, and we saw Zach Gibson, uh, and we like Dre Newman got in the corner, and Zach kind of you know got the best of him on some reps. Uh, so we saw a lot of stuff, but you're right. A lot of, uh, you know, I, I mean, Allen looks the part. He's going to be great. And then we saw Jameer get a lot of stuff. We didn't see them go at each other, which would have been great. But uh, we saw Vinny Pierre out there. We saw Demond Mathis on the other side of Lewis Wilbert, which is an interesting, like, future oh, edge rushers style kind of thing that we saw. We did see Amir Dwight and Carmelo, as you said. Uh, Carmelo Smith's a big human being, and we did see Caleb uh, Caleb Wagner run the ball. He's a tall kid. He's good, and we'll, we'll like to see his future at some point. And we mentioned how he might see some of these games clearly. Jimmy Athens got a lot of good rushes in this one as they've been throwing him a lot a lot out there. And, yes, Miles Walsh saw a lot. So a lot of good freshmen mentioned. Logan Minton got in the game too. So a lot of different guys. It was good to see a lot of the freshmen get up there. A lot of ones we've been saying could very well play. So uh, we'll see how right we are by the, when the season rolls around. Uh, you know, Dev Walton, who was a wide receiver and he's been shown in pictures and stuff that he's, you know, he's wearing the white jerseys on defense. That is confirmed. It is on the roster as well that he is a cornerback, which is interesting if he's in, ever into the fold, not a, this year, but down the road. Uh, we know he was in the portal and then came back. So was, who knows what his future holds, but know this one. And saw a lot of punts. I didn't see every kicker, every, you know, every kicker get involved. We saw, 
or saw our two main kickers get field goal ops, and they all were perfect in that regard. And we know we did see uh, Nathan Torney, and we know you know we saw Ethan Edens was standing a lot over there. We know Chase Reeves is over there as well, but Noah Torney got both most of the punter reps as he did or as he should. And there were some ones we didn't really that weren't great, but no, he had, he did have some good ones. What are your overall thoughts on Torney and your confidence seeing him in person before we see him in Week One? Yeah, obviously with in practice and stuff, there's not really a lot of pressure like it's going to be in Austin P game and throughout the season. It's it's just it was kind of an up and down. He had some really good ones where he got some good rolls, like he's been able to do, like we saw with Jack. Jack used to be able to roll him pretty good. Um, but there was also some that felt like went 25 yards and 30 yards, and we we're just like, man, it's going to be going to be a long year if that's all we're getting from him because that's a kicker and punters. We've been used to Jack and Nico, just weapons we had, and to be able to flip the field and put points on the board. I mean, we talked about it the other day. Nico's top five in points scored as a Saluki all time. So like. Crazy, crazy that we went from this to this to some, obviously a kicker carousel almost, is now a guy that hasn't obviously coming from Australia and a, a punting camp over there just hasn't found his stride yet and hopefully finds it before next Saturday. Yeah, and, and that's the biggest thing. And you said in the moment, you said it right there, there is no pressure on him. And <laughs> you're right, there were some – even some that you know didn't have the longest hang time that did find its way to rolling for an extra 30 yards that helped his case be a lot of non-good ones. And there, it was about 50-50 on good and bad, which that has to have been keep being the case when they do practice, not only just when we see them in this secret scrimmage, but uh, he has to be better for sure in the next, in the next 10 days before we kick off. And that's uh, one thing we almost just have to hope and pray that, that we see. So we'll see. And, you know, it's one of those years, again, that we've said, if we if we go for it a lot, don't want to have to do that. We have the weapons to be able to hopefully and the, hopefully the better play calling to be decent at it. But you, know, you honestly want to have an offense all season where you don't have to punt that much. But we know we're going to. And it's just the fact that if it does, hopefully it works out for us. So hopefully Nathan's ready to go by that point. Uh, now, Noah, quarterbacks. And didn't see a whole lot. I mentioned at the beginning, we saw them just, you know, handing the ball off, running, but they did end up throwing. And uh, a lot of, they gave a lot of guys some sacks, I'm sure, on the rollouts. They just end up giving guys sacks so they get to a certain point. Uh, and we saw all three be used. And Nick Baker did start. And no, we, I mean, he, he underwhelmed. That's the bottom line. He didn't, he missed some throws. He made some decisions that got broken up and say, like, why did he throw that? I don't know. And he had probably threw it five times, but no, I don't think he completed a pass in that. But we did see his backups, Hunter Simmons, which we were around his parents in the bleachers, and then Michael Endower. They both played no and both played pretty well. Yeah, they definitely, I mean, even with the same guys Nick had at receiver, they, they were able to find him and distribute the ball and make good decisions. Yeah, Nick just struggled, obviously. The first team defense was getting after him a little bit. We're bull rushing some of our tackles, which obviously it's good to see, but it's not good to see if the, the think that they're not going to be able to protect Nick. But, yeah, it was definitely interesting seeing those guys, seeing Nick struggle a little bit. Obviously he's still the guy, but it's it's good to see what the two guys behind him did because it's a long season, and obviously we've had QBs go down before, so it's good enough that I have the confidence in those two guys behind him if needed. Yeah, I mentioned Nick Nick plays through a lot of pain a lot. So if he really has to come out, I think we're definitely confident in the two guys behind him. Hunter and Michael both played 
Well, I didn't have it on here, but it just made me think of because some of the, the guys that were catching passes from the two backups were tight ends. You know, we saw Ryan Schwendeman get us upfield a little bit on some throws. We saw a lot of Colton Hogue, which we're thinking we're going to see a lot of him. And it seemed like Aiden Quinn did start like the reps, which is what uh, Mike True did say that he's been with the ones and we'll see him block a lot, maybe catch some other things. But no, it was good to see those tight ends play him. Thinking Schwindeman and Colton Hogue will be pretty good weapons for us. Like I said, they were counting on Hogan. He was he was getting decent positive yards when he did catch the ball. Yeah, really good seeing a, a JUCO guy like coming in and uh, just seeing him get the ball from Lindauer and Hunter Simmons and just seeing those guys that obviously Aiden didn't get a ton of reps, but Schwindeman made some nice plays and even JD Sheck came in there and played a little bit. So showing a little bit of depth. Obviously, obviously it's not the room we had in the last couple of years with obviously Jacob Garrett, Ty Daniel, and those guys, but they still got a lot of potential and can't wait to see who takes those kind of roles. Yes. And we did also notice Nick Baker is still the holder on uh, field goals, which is what we talked about. Hopefully we didn't see it, but it is. Oh, well uh, now, no, I mean, we didn't see a whole lot. We, we went through some of the other guys that we didn't see. It was a lot of sophomores, a lot of, you know, red shirt freshmen, there was a name, though, that we know is on the team, we, we thought at one point, and by all, all, all accounts, he is, uh, but he wasn't there. No, we were walking out, and we saw saw a guy that we, we know well because he's from our hometown. No, you can dive into him because, again, we didn't really see a whole lot of sophomores, but we saw this guy in street clothes walking out, talking to players, and he wasn't there. makes us think he's not on the team anymore. Yeah, I was actually – I looked the – just today, just to go through the roster, see, because I knew walk-on tryouts was here yesterday or the meeting was yesterday. I think tryouts were today just to look, see if there's any new names. And um, he was the he was a guy, Vincent Newsom, obviously a local kid that crazy to think that he came here, got the opportunity to come here as a, to be a Saluki. And he was making plays and practice and stuff, we thought. Um, seen him in a lot of pictures, celebrating, catching touchdowns. Really thought he was going to maybe potentially find a role in this team somewhere. But like I said, I looked through the roster today. He was number 36, and he's no longer on there. So, yes, he's off the team. Um, it sucks because I really liked this kid's potential and thought he was going to work. Obviously, we brought in some talented young receivers behind him. But uh, crazy to see he was – he was talking to players, but he did have a girl with him, so maybe that's what he chose over over this team. I mean, I, I think it definitely showed us that he wasn't on there if we saw him doing that because we know the other sophomores were definitely there, and he was a walk-on. So we figured if he was talented, he'd earn a scholarship. But the fact that you saw it today and didn't see him because I hadn't looked today is definitely tells us, and he's not, so that's unfortunate. But uh, it is what it is. But it, it's it's sad because he is talented, and that, and that stinks. But. Uh, so, no, I think by the end of this, we realize that the defense has an early edge over the offense. You mentioned just because we saw a lot of the first team, we didn't see Deontay and Isaiah and all those guys. So we really didn't get to see the whole, like, grouping of the first team members on offense, really. So because Nick White and all the quarterbacks were throwing to Zach and Cal and those tight ends, as we mentioned. So, so but, you know, early on, it looks like the defense has an edge, and I feel like we can count on both sides going into the season for the most part. So. Well, before we dive into what our stats can be, because we've been seeing a lot of different people post about what their captains and how many there are. And just thinking every year, I think we probably have up to four maybe and know if we were to just quickly iron out which players we could see us 
predict it. They might post about it. We might just see it on something. But captains for this team, you know, I think we can count on Nick Baker being a captain. Seems like every time a quarterback is a captain, and everyone's been preaching like his ability to be a leader and stuff this year. We'll see him be it. Who other offensive players do you think? I guess we could see Chase Evans on the C this year. Any other offensive players, in your opinion, who do you think on defense if we were to make it like four or five guys total? Yeah, definitely think there's a case for Deontay Cox to be that maybe that other offensive guy, potentially maybe a senior guy like a Jacob Coffles. You didn't mention Chase potentially. But defensively, obviously, you would probably two guys in Nick Baker and Dante Cleveland. You could ride and pin. We know it's going to happen. Maybe P.J. Uh, potentially. Obviously, we know we've got some other guys that – I've came in as transfers and Iverson Brown and Devin Cowan that are seniors. Maybe they take a role like that. Cam Boundry, obviously a good one, but maybe even senior like a kicker and Thomas Burks, obviously uh, he was the first one to get attempt at a field goal. So maybe he's won that kicking battle, but uh, maybe he gets a, but there's a lot of, a lot of good options Four or five guys there. Obviously, like I said, two guys you can put in permanent marker are probably Dante Cleveland and Nick Baker. Nick, Dante, Chase, PJ, Branson. I like your Thomas Burks one. It's like any senior that leads even a, a, a certain group of the team you could see. Uh, and you mentioned Cam. I think we could see up to five or six. I think I could see Cam Battery being one as well, but definitely Dante, which is what we predicted this whole time of seeing Dante. So you're right, about five or six, and we'll revisit that and see how right we are on predicting those kinds of guys. There's a lot of options. Um no, no, let's end this before we don't see everybody until September 1st for our preview for Austin P and everything leading up to that. We mentioned the two deep. We should see it early next week, we hope. Let's end this with something we didn't do last on the preview, season preview, is predicting leaders in every stat, whether that's just obviously picking who does what and maybe even having a number. We've been talking a lot about um, – you know, maybe what Nick Baker's because we, we went back in, in history of the last, uh, you know, however many years and who led us in what and who did what. And, you know, Nick Baker had a great season just two seasons ago last year. Is that, you know, his interceptions have been around 10 or so the last two, but he's put up a lot of yards. That's because he's had a lot of weapons. No, we know this year with Deontay, Isaiah, Vincent, everyone we've named it to this point that could be a weapon. We're thinking, we, and we know we have the lists in front of us as well, how close Nick Baker is to all of Joel's records. Completions will be right away. Uh, yards and touchdowns will be a little bit. You know, but I think we can expect a, a great season from Nick and the stats department. Obviously, if he takes care of it, if we protect him enough and his weapons get open. You know, this could be a – and you mentioned it the other day. of Two seasons ago, his, his, his season was fantastic. Hopefully, we see another of those – of that season again, what are those numbers we'd like to see from Nick this year? Yeah, definitely. If I were to do over-under for Nick Baker is just numbers-wise, what I'm looking at probably is yardage-wise, I would set the over-under probably about 3,000, and I would take the over. And it looks like last couple of years, touchdown-wise, I would probably put the over about 20-ish. He had 20 last year, and I would probably take the over as well. So, those are two guys I'd like to see. I had seven interceptions last year. I'd like to see those numbers down. But definitely if if he's he's going to break all these records, he's going to go over 3,000 and over 20 touchdowns. I think he had like 3,400 yards is two seasons ago and like 25 touchdowns, something like around that area. If he can put, produce those numbers, he's going to run away with a lot of the records. 
Yeah, and 420 times he threw it two seasons ago. And, yeah, 3,200 yards, about, about 63%. We know he's he's been all-time with the completion percentages as well. Thanks to his teammates, Avante, was, he was 69% last year, which was the highest, probably in the whole FCS. Uh, but you're right. Around, yeah, he had 20 and 7, as you said, 27-11 uh, the year before. I think we could definitely, between 20 and 25, I think we can count on. It'd be great to see up to 30. That's just all depending. We mentioned how we hope to have an explosive offense with a lot of different facets. But definitely around 3,000 and around 20 to 25, as you said, is what we can expect with good completion percentage and a lot more attempts than just 345 last year. Uh, but we know we have a good stable of running backs who can also catch. We, we want to ground and pound this year as well. So we'll see what happens with that. Noah for receiver. Obviously, we know Deontay Lettuce last year. I kept getting the number off. I was thinking it was like 490-something. You confronted me that it was 690-something. It was 696. Um, and we recall just the year before that is because I'm looking at it. The one catch for five yards at SEMO before he got hurt. Uh, no, I think we can expect a big year from Deontay. He's healthy. He's ready to go. It's funny because you just mentioned to me in the moment of like, well, he's a six or seven year guy. Are we, can we count on eligibility from Deontay? And I thought about it for a second. I don't think we'll have a worry with it. Uh, but it, it does it does make us uh, laugh and joke for a second. But I think we can count on that. Deontay knows he's going to have a big year. Can we count on 700 yards again with other talented teammates? He was rivaling with his brother last year. And only three touchdowns. Can we expect more touchdowns from Deontay this year? Yeah, I would definitely hope so. Obviously, his brother broke a lot. A lot of the long touchdowns for his touchdowns and finding him. Obviously, Jacob Guerra, once it got felt like around the red zone, he was a big target. Um, but yeah, definitely a lot of talent. And I was just going back and looking at some numbers. Nick's big year. Landon led the way. Landon Lenore led the way with 876. Avante was right behind him at 739. Isaiah's great breakout year, 500. Ty Daniel at a tight end at 412. And you had some other guys like Jerron Rollins. We talked about how great he was for us a couple seasons, 292 that year. Then you got into the running backs who had all over close to 150 themselves. So you're taking the top four or five options at receiver, and then you're taking two or three running backs, which we have that can really catch the ball. Nick could definitely take take the numbers to where he belongs, and I definitely think these receivers have a lot of chances to make these plays. Yeah, and when you mentioned that the other day, it was like that's – crap ton of production that we expect to have this year, maybe not at the tight end position, like Tyce, who had a great year his first year, but a lot of guys at least, because I'm looking at Vincent Davis at 425 last year, um, you know, Zach Gibson, we expect, you know, more from him in certain spots, and there's just so many mouths to feed that I think, you know, it probably won't be where we'd like to see it, like the full-on, you know, everybody doing great, but if it's at least Deontay at 600 or more, Isaiah, healthy Isaiah, at least at five. So, like, a lot of our main receivers, Vincent, Isaiah, Deontay, around 400 to, to 700 maybe. But then, again, you have all those other mouths to feed. That you, it'll take away from those other guys. You want to be widespread. You don't want to just – you want all these guys to have great numbers. But you, if whoever's on the field, you want to be productive. And if they make a positive play, that's what we want mainly. So, I think, you know, like I said, around 400 to 700 yards for our top receivers. You, you should sprinkle in maybe Zach Gibson, 200, and all the other guys. I don't know how much you can count on the Jay Jones of, like, the ultimate kind of production in that way. Uh, no, I already segued off the quarterbacks because we will see the other guys. And if we see Hunter Simmons, no, what, what kind of – if we're wanting to see him in a Javon role that we've just said, but if we said, you know, if we put an over-under on rushing yards and receiving yards for Hunter Simmons – 
what's an appropriate number that you think? Because, again, Nick's going to play 98% of the snaps. If he comes out for injury or anything, if we want to use Hunter in those sets, what could we see from Hunter Simmons this year? You think over under of, what, 100, 100 rushing, which might be too high, and then what do you think uh, uh, throwing if you think that Hunter plays and what he could do? Definitely think there's some – we talked about it a little bit, but there's some potential uh, blowouts that we could see him or Lindauer play in. Um, just thinking of some numbers here, I would definitely, if it, if it was over under rushing, if we could use him a little bit, I would probably take that over and passing. I would probably, I'm just trying to think the years pass of quarterbacks like last year. I mean, in four games played, Zabrowski was the backup. He only threw for 37 yards. Yeah. So, don't really know what the set the number at the year before. It was obviously uh, Stone, Norton, and Zabrowski. But, I mean, Stone played four games, only threw for nine yards and a touchdown. I mean, it's really hard as a backup. Obviously, we don't know what's going to happen. But could definitely see him in a couple games. And I'd probably set both around 100 and probably take the over on both potentially. I agree. And I think we could count on Hunter to be a lot of things this year. Tight end, I mean, I'm thinking we can count on those guys for more touchdowns than we can yards. If we get a lot of speed guys getting us downfield, we mentioned the other guys we saw in the scrimmage. I'd like to have a group of touchdowns of the tight ends at a decent number. Now, if you to pick one of those tight ends to lead us in touchdowns, to lead us in overall production of those, we mentioned the top two. Who, who could you see out of, the, out of that bunch? Yeah, definitely don't, like, just mentioned Ty Daniels' 2021 season. Don't expect to see something like that. Or yeah. even last year, I mean, Jacob Garrett had – 332 yards and six, six touchdowns. Touchdown. Yeah, that's a lot there, but I, I I picked him as my X factor. I'm going to roll with him. Maybe he can produce him just in the red zone, six touchdowns, but that's Ryan Schwindeman. Really like what I see out of him. Obviously, we're going to see Aiden Quinn and kind of that Jacob Garrett hybrid fullback role potentially, but definitely like what I see out of Ryan Schwindeman so far. Yes, I think we can count on him to be the lead, leading productor of tight end this year, hopefully. Running back quickly, Noah, because they kind of segue with offensive line of, you know, if we can expect good help on the offensive line, that leads to good success from the running backs. If you're to pick of who leads us in rushing this year, a lot of decent options. And, Noah, you can when, – when I segue it back over to you, you can recap quickly about the, the career that Roe Elliott has had. It's been one of the most sneaky, productive, great careers in five years that seemed like it's gone in a flash. Uh, you can count on those veterans, Noah, but if you add in a couple of – we mentioned Jalen Reed and Sean Lester. What do you think the numbers we could see from our runners and maybe who then leads the way in all that production? Yeah, definitely don't think, obviously, looking back on it, a Rose career has been incredible so far. But um, obviously not going to expect – we were just – because we were talking about some numbers the other day. Not, not going to expect, just because he's back on the staff, a DJ Davis, Javon Williams season where both guys rushed for – over a thousand and we rushed for almost 3000 as a team. That's, that's an incredible year. Don't expect something like that's going to happen. But um, back in just the 2021 season, which is just a great season for us. We, we talked about that four headed dragon. Obviously Roe got banged up that year. Only had 267. That was the lit. That was the lowest out of the four running backs we had. But Donovan Spencer went for 457, Justin strong 484. Then Javon led the way with 564. I mean, that's, that's getting a lot of guys. I mean, Javon had 100 attempts, Justin 84, Donovan 86, only 55 for Rowe. But I think Rowe is going to be that guy and just the career he's having. And I hope he's that guy because I was looking at the record book the other day when we were talking. 
He's 19th in all-time career rushing yards at 17-11. If he has a, a 500, 400-yard season or even more, if he goes for 1,000, if he goes for 1,000, he jumps into the top five all-time in rushing, which is just crazy. But if he just has 500, 600, he jumps in the top 10, and that's just crazy how quick here's career. Um, I just remember when we were talking the other day, sitting right by his parents at the Arkansas State game, getting to see DJ Davis gets down with the injury, and that's when Roe came in, obviously. Just remembering what I remember from that game, he dropped a touchdown pass, had could have walked right in the end zone, made it a closer game. But he's grown from then, obviously ups and downs with injuries, but this is a guy that has the breakaway speed. We've seen it a lot, obviously. He was our only offense last year in Cardinal Word down there with a 55-yard touchdown. But I think he leads the way, and if he can stay healthy, I think he can be your leading rusher around 700, 800 yards. I agree. And we see him in the scrimmage. When you see him in person, Romier can get the extra yards because like he'll slide on the turf. Like he'll get pushed or he'll – I'm going to say leap, but he'll like he'll, – he'll just get those extra yards in a way that will get the sneaky amount that you just said of where he is all time. And – I think we can count on Roe and Justin being at the top two this year. Those veterans, you know, I see Jalen Benefit on here. We haven't, like I said, we didn't see him. We're going to count on him a lot. He fits in this as well. And you mentioned that that season, forgetting how, or not forgetting, definitely, how great Donovan Spencer was for us and all these guys that are healthy. We can expect that kind of season, we hope, again, of 500 and 400 and 400 and then 200 by someone else and then, we mentioned the blowout. You can see Caleb just add to that again. Like we expect awesome years from those top guys. And we mentioned Jalen Reed, who's going to be just an ultimate gadget guy with the Vincent Davis and those roles. So he's not going to get the pure, pure runs. And we'll see more of Jalen, I think on special teams, but just all these weapons, there's, there's too much to go around. We, we should have a 2021 offensive season, honestly, of all those different kinds of numbers of everybody chipping in and getting to those big time, uh, productive numbers. Hopefully we can see that this year, and I, I expect that. So those are who we think could lead the way on offense this year. Now, if we quickly flip to the defense, you mentioned about leading tacklers so far. It's been the Quay Browns, the Bryce Notries over the years. P.J. led us with 60-something last year. Before that, it was over 100 with Quay and, and Bryce Notry. I mean, Noah, and even like the Bryson Strongs of the world. Now, who do you think could lead us? We mentioned all the tacklers we got on this defense. That's the one we'll start out with. Who leads us in tackles this year? And do you think anybody creeps up to the 80 to 100 mark? We have a lot of good options to pick from on that. Yeah, definitely think that. Uh, I just I think I remember my X factor was Dune Smith and potentially bold prediction. He led this team in tackles. But obviously those three other linebackers in the middle are going to be flying around. And just thinking about who could lead this team in tackles, I, I like my bold prediction with Dune. But – I think I'm going to switch my – I think my pick would be Colin Bohannock. I think this guy next to Branson and Zach Barola can be – those three definitely should lead the way. Obviously, P.J. is going to do a lot when he's coming down uh, next to the line of scrimmage and stuff like that. But if I were to pick one real quick, I'd go Colin Bohannock. I agree with you. I think that's the one I'll go with too. We'll have to count on Branson to do so many different things, and we expect Colin to be on the field a lot. Uh, and Barola's got a chance for that as well. Uh, Sacks-wise, we can count on these veterans. I like Devin Cowan leading us. We mentioned Richie led us with six. Uh, last year, I think Cowan can get to that number. Tim Barga can be right behind him in those numbers. Dewey got four last year. I mean, no, a lot of decent options. Lewis had a couple or at least one. PJ can get in there and get a couple. Hopefully we get a lot of good on the on the, all, on the uh, program all-time list and Sacks again this season. Who do you think leads us? I'll go with Cowan that gets around the five or six of Richie. 
I mentioned him. Richie could add more. He had double team last year because they didn't really have that guy cross from him whenever Dewey wouldn't get in the game. So now who do you think leads us in that department? Yeah, definitely think we saw Dewey a lot last year. If he gets if we can get some more reps like that, I think potentially he could lead the way along with them. But I think obviously we lose a guy like Mikel Calhoun that led a lot of tackle or a lot of sacks as well. Um, but obviously, I mean, if you look at just looking at I was looking at the stats the other day. I mean, David Miller had two and a half off the corner. Branson had two and a half. PJ had two and a half. Um, I think you're going to see a lot of PJ Jules. I mean, blitzing this year, having those guys of James Caesars on the corner, having the Iverson back there, kind of playing center field. I'm going to go with a bold prediction of PJ Jules leading the team in sacks. It'd be crazy. Imagine him getting like six to ten sacks this year on that kind of season. We could see it. I hope. The best thing is for P.J. to live up to his preseason watch list, something Javon didn't do last year. Hopefully P.J. excuse me, can uh, lead us or just do everything to where he actually is on the NFL map and gets in the NFL because <clears throat> we need a lot more of those guys. And hopefully P.J. lives up to all that. So as you see, I'm kind of losing my voice, so we'll kind of wrap this thing up. I see corner interceptions-wise, I can see P.J. leading us in that if he's everywhere. Um Noah DJ Johnson has a, could have a big year for us, leading us in interceptions. Who do you think does that to end this thing? Yeah, definitely think uh, PJ is a good choice. I mean, he's right now he's 13th in in career pass breakups on the record book. I got right here. He's tied with Madre Harper right now. Obviously, that could change and <laughs> climb. James Caesar's tied for fifth. So if he gets if he gets I mean if he gets his waiver or whatever we're waiting on. He obviously can climb the record books. I mean, James is only five away from tying Willie Davis for twenty with twenty nine for career pass breakups. Obviously, in the COVID season, he was All American, had fourteen that year. So, I think I'm just going to say James if he's got the waiver. But if I were to pick another one, just in case, I'm I'm thinking Iverson Brown maybe. Yeah, I like that. You mentioned if he played center field, he could he could definitely do that. I like you know David did it a couple years ago. All, all these options. Don't Keep an eye out for Ubed Steed, as you said earlier. A lot of these guys, Ebion Gross gets in the game, makes plays. You can see a lot of different options lead us in, in uh, interceptions this year. So, And then obviously we think our special team guys, hopefully Thomas and Jake have a big percentage of successful years. Hopefully we see a lot of touchdowns and special teams by some of our guys this year. Should be a special one. So as, as you said, or as I said, I'm, I'm losing my voice. Let's end this thing. Before we come to everybody, Austin P. Uh, next week, Noah, your final thoughts of everything up to this point, what you like to see before we actually see them on the field again and see that 2D depth chart. Yeah, definitely exciting. We're here already 10 days away from our first game. Obviously, the countdown's on the website if you look at that. Um, exciting to see. it. Can't wait for these guys, the 2D, the to come out. And excited to see where guys at and maybe – Get, obviously, it's bobblehead night for that first night. Can't wait, obviously. Can't wait to preview Austin P next Friday uh, night. It's going to be a good one. I can't wait for it. Obviously, the season's going to get here quick, and obviously it's going to fly by, but it it takes forever for football season to get here, and I'm excited for this one. Yeah, and thankful to the Dog Pound for letting us know about that scrimmage to go to. And, again, people don't – we would have been surprised like everybody else, James Caesar, showing up in week one so that's why we came to you guys I'm glad we did looking forward to coming to you guys for the Austin P preview next Friday in 10 days as Noah said we're excited 
We'll see everybody at that point for Nate Malone. No alerts. As always, go dogs.